0: Hey, welcome to Big Happy Life, the show that's all about making conscious choices about your habits so that achieving your goals becomes easier and more fun and you feel happier along the way. I'm your host, Natalie Britt, and this is the final part of the Goals and Habits series. This is part six of six. This week, we're looking at willpower and moral licensing. Until now, the series has been all about setting your goals, working out what your values are, and then creating your habits so that you can work towards those goals. All relatively simple, but anytime you talk about habits, naturally willpower is going to come into the mix. One of the most common things I hear in relation to habit change is, I just don't have the willpower, I can't stick to it. And that was a story I believed about myself for years as well, until I finally understood the nature of willpower. So if you've tried to make changes before and you've thought it's just that I don't have any willpower, this episode may shed some light on what's actually going on and give you some new ideas for how to tackle those habit changes you really wanna put in place. When it comes to willpower, there are four things you should know. The first is that willpower is finite. Back in episode 17, I spoke to you about decision fatigue and decision fatigue is basically the product of finite willpower. So just to recap the main points, Every single time you make a choice, you use a little bit of mental energy. And the mental energy it takes to decide whether or not you're gonna have the chocolate biscuit comes from exactly the same pot as what should I wear today? Should I tell my boss what I think of his budgeting plan? What should I say about my friend's new haircut if I really hate it? How long can I stay in bed for before I'm actually gonna be late for work? Every single one of these things is tapping the same source of energy. Now, when it comes to willpower, that doesn't actually have to be a problem. As long as you have enough energy left to make the hard choices and the goals matter to you enough, you'll make the choice that is in line with your goals. It's only when the goal either doesn't line up with something you really value or you're at odds with yourself in some way or you have fatigued, you've used up all the energy you had, that there's ever a chance you're going to go the opposite way to the way you promised yourself you would go. So one of the most important things to do is to conserve your willpower energy for when you actually need it. And you can do that by pre-selecting your choices. So making choices at a time when you feel you're strongest, you're not under pressure, and you're not being tempted in the opposite direction. So let's say you're somebody who struggles to stick with a budget. One way you could use this strategy is you decide on your budget for, let's say your grocery shopping or your clothes shopping or whatever it is, the day before, When you are sat looking at your numbers, you've got all the information in front of you, you can work out exactly how much you can afford to spend, you write down that number. The following day or the day you go and do the shopping, you draw the cash to cover the amount you've agreed, and then you go and do your shopping with cash. You leave your cards at home, and now you're free to make choices within the parameters that keep you to your goal. So it's almost like you allow a stronger version of yourself, the one who isn't facing temptation, to make the choice for you. And then when you're faced with it and you're thinking, oh, I really want to give in, you simply don't have the option to do so. So it's now not even a matter of having to make the choice because the choice is off the table. You can even do this with very small things that aren't about temptation. Like you can pre-select your clothes the night before. So it's one less decision you have to make that day. And those kinds of strategies are really useful if you know you're gonna be put under pressure and you know you're gonna be stressed during the day and there's gonna be a lot you have to think about, then the more decisions you can pre-select, the more things you can pre-do, the better, because that's just one less thing your brain has to be taxed with in the same day. Also under the heading of willpower is finite, It's useful to understand the kinds of things in your environment that trigger you to run particular habits. So in previous episodes in this series, we spoke about the habit loop, cue, routine, reward. Once you become aware of the cues, if you can remove those from your environment, you don't have to keep reusing mental energy to avoid the cue. So as an example, let's say you have a glass biscuit jar on your kitchen counter. It's right next to the kettle. And every time you make a hot drink, you stand looking at those biscuits, deciding, should I have one? Shouldn't I have one? I probably shouldn't have one. I've already had one today. Can I have another one? And so on and so on. So it's mental energy, mental energy, mental energy, and it's a huge waste. So one of the easiest things you can do is, if you're aware of what the cues are, remove them. So in the case of the biscuits, take them off the counter, pack them away somewhere less accessible. Or if it's really important to you, don't buy the biscuits at all. And that way, when you walk up to the kettle, it's just a kettle. It's not a kettle next to a barrel of biscuits. What's really important to realize with that example is that even if you felt like you weren't tempted by the biscuits, you still made a choice. The fact that they were in front of you forced you into recognizing that they were there and deciding you didn't want one. And that used a little bit of mental energy. This is one of the reasons why even just tidying up around you can give you more mental energy. If you're living in a state of untidiness and there's stuff everywhere, every time you see it, you're forced into using a little bit of mental energy to ignore it. So if willpower is something you're struggling with, have a look around you and think about all the things that you think you're ignoring, but actually if just seeing them is enough to use a little bit of mental energy in order to ignore them, what could you change so that you could free yourself from that particular thing and use the mental energy somewhere else that's more important? Now, although willpower or mental energy is finite, it can also be replenished and there are specific ways to do that. The first is to get seven to eight hours sleep every night. The second is to eat a brain healthy diet. That's a topic we'll cover under its own heading in its own episode. But as I'm sure you can imagine, I'm gonna tell you about leafy greens and oily fish. Let's face it, by this point, we all know we're supposed to eat leafy greens and oily fish. And then another way you can really enhance mental energy and willpower is exercise. Ironically, that's very often one of the things we're using willpower to make ourselves do, But if that's the case, I'd refer you back to last week's episode and get you to think about how you can plug in the win. How do you make it feel more rewarding for its own sake? How do you just enjoy it a bit more? If you're really struggling to stick with an exercise routine or regimen, my suggestion would be to find something you actually do enjoy. Experiment, try new things. See whether you work better in a group setting or whether the gym is the right thing for you or whether home exercise or doing something with your kids If nothing lights you up more than spending time with your children, maybe a class you can take together. One of the things we're looking into right now is family karate classes. So then it's gonna be more about you guys spending time together and learning a skill together, and you take the exercise thing off the table even though you're actually getting really good exercise. And that's how you plug in the win. So on to the second point about willpower. We already know it's finite. We know it can be replenished by sleep. But that means, conversely, it can be depleted by lack of sleep, and it's also depleted by stress. Stress and willpower are mortal enemies. If you've listened to previous episodes, you know about the rider and the elephant. The rider being the conscious mind, and the elephant being the subconscious mind. The rider is logical and deliberate, but far weaker and far slower than the elephant. And when you're stressed, all the elephant wants is to make you feel better. And generally, that involves some kind of short-term win, and it's often in the opposite direction of the goals you've set. We'll talk in more detail about some of the brain chemicals that are involved in this kind of pleasure-seeking behavior. But to give you a quick overview, what basically ends up happening is you get this hit of what's called dopamine. And dopamine is a reward chemical. It was initially thought to be associated with pleasure, but in actual fact, it's associated with pleasure-seeking. So once you've eaten the chocolate or had the wine or given into whatever the craving was, and it doesn't make you feel any better, dopamine fires again. It says, just try again, try again, it'll work. Because the underlying issue hasn't been handled and you're still not feeling any better. So dopamine's kind of a twitchy brain chemical. It keeps you going back for more and more and more of the thing you think is going to be rewarding. And because it fails to be rewarding, you keep going back for more. Since lack of sleep increases stress... Those two things go hand in hand. And so what you end up with is increased stress levels, which makes it difficult for you to control cravings and emotional reactions, which often for most of us makes us feel bad, which stresses us out even more. And so the cycle perpetuates. And that's one of the reasons why in last week's episode, I suggested an approach of acceptance and mindfulness in the face of slips, because that approach causes less stress. So it's much easier than to break the cycle and move forward. Some other ways to improve sleep and ultimately reduce stress are to avoid caffeine after 2 p.m. Caffeine has a kind of half-life of about six to seven hours. So what that means is half the caffeine is still in your system six to seven hours after you had your last cup of tea or coffee. That advice comes from the sleep doctor, Michael Breas. And although most people go to bed later than eight or nine o'clock, he says the quality of your sleep will be radically improved if there's absolutely no trace of caffeine left in your body at the time of going to bed. The next thing is to avoid alcohol. It affects later parts of your sleep. So although you'll fall asleep much more easily, you won't stay asleep as easily and it disrupts later cycles of your sleep so that the quality of sleep you get, even if you don't know you're waking up, is radically reduced. So you basically wake up feeling much more tired than you would have if you hadn't had a drink. The next thing to avoid is blue light. Phones and tablets are the worst culprits, but TV's not that great either. So if you can give yourself a break of at least 30 minutes before bed, If you were gonna be saintly about it, you wouldn't use any of these devices for about two hours before bed. But even avoiding them for the last half hour before you go to sleep will make a positive difference. And finally, a great contributor to quality of sleep is exercise, which just keeps coming up everywhere. As far as habits are concerned, exercise is basically a miracle habit. But in terms of affecting your sleep, the best thing to do is exercise before noon. Late afternoon is still okay, but the closer you get to bedtime, the more energized your body is, and it's actually a bit more difficult to wind down. Okay, so we've covered quite a lot. So far we know that willpower is finite and we know that lack of sleep and stress deplete it further. We also know that we can boost it by getting more sleep and there are things we can do to help that happen. But the next thing that's really cool to know about willpower is that it can be trained and strengthened. It's a bit like a muscle and in just the same way as you can lift more weight the fitter you get, you can exhibit more willpower the stronger your mind gets. Here are some ways to do that. First, push past that first wave of fatigue. Push past the first little sign where your brain goes, oh, I can't do it, I'll have to give in. The likelihood is it's wrong. It's the elephant wanting instant gratification. It's going, just make me feel better, make me feel better. You're much stronger than that, and you can resist. Even if you give in when the second wave hits, you still resisted the first one, and that is training. It's no different than doing one extra sit up. The second thing you can do is commit to small acts of self-control. Now, these don't have to be related to your goals. They're just little things you can do that you start to pay attention to so that you get a sense of how strong you can be. Things like chewing your food slower or breathing more deeply or sitting up straighter. Any of those small things that you could monitor on a regular basis and encourage yourself to do more of. Help train your capacity for mindfulness, and that's one of the strongest contributors to slowing your thoughts down enough to catch those responses to cravings and things that send you off track. And a third thing you can do to help train and strengthen your willpower is to create thinking breaks. So to do something that doesn't require the same type of thinking that gives your brain a rest. Meditation and deep breathing is great for that, but even just a change of activity, going for a walk or listening to your favorite music, tidying up, anything like that that kind of frees you for a moment can just replenish and rejuvenate your strength so that you're ready for another bout of more decisions. And the last thing to know about willpower is that you need less of it if you have a really clear reason for why you're doing what you're doing. So this links back to the earlier episode in the series about values and there's a link to the episode in the show notes page if you want to go back to it or if you're looking for it directly in the podcast app it's episode 19. But the important thing in terms of willpower is that if there's an emotional link between you and the thing you're aiming for, the goal you're striving for, there's an emotional reason why you wanna achieve that, you need less willpower to keep going because the elephant wants it too. So those are the four things it's useful to know about willpower so that you don't always think, oh, I just lack willpower. You have a way of managing it. It's finite. It's depleted by stress and lack of sleep. It can be trained and strengthened and you need less of it if you have a really compelling reason for why you're doing the thing you're doing. There's one more thing I'd like to share with you and it kind of relates to that why part. And it's got to do with whether or not we see ourselves as good for doing the thing we're striving to do. If doing the exercise or avoiding the biscuit makes you good in your own mind, you're at risk of doing something called moral licensing. And moral licensing is where we more or less give ourselves permission to be bad because we've been good. I ate salad with my dinner so I can have another slice of pizza. I stayed really calm at work when what I really wanted to do was punch my boss in the face. So I'm going to get a takeaway on the way home. I deserve it. Very often, moral licensing leads us to make decisions that actually take us away from the goal that we use the willpower to get towards in the first place. So we might use moral licensing to eat food that's unhealthy because we did some exercise when the overall point was to be healthier, not just to be fitter. So to avoid moral licensing, pay attention to when and how you label your behavior good or bad. And notice what that does to the decisions that follow. Also, keep reminding yourself of the original goal and why it was important to you. And if you're going to give yourself credit, give yourself credit for results, not for progress. So what that means is going to the gym once. Yes, it's progress because you hadn't done it before, but you haven't actually achieved any result yet. So by all means, make it feel rewarding, but don't label it as good and then give yourself permission to be bad as a result because that will undo the progress that you made. One of the best books you'll ever read on the subject of willpower is The Willpower Instinct by Kelly McGonigal, PhD. Many of the things I've discussed in this podcast are covered in great detail in her book, and there's a link to it in the show notes page. For more tips on willpower, goal setting, and training your habits, visit bighappylife.blog and feel free to post any comments or questions. I'll address those directly and of course can record future episodes answering your questions. Also keep a lookout for the Big Happy Life course series that's coming up later this year in which I'll be walking you through step by step the habits that can make you more resilient, stronger and happier so you feel more in control and that makes you better able to create the life you want and enjoy it while you're doing so. For now, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening.